So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, Ooh wow. Oh. Good job. Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start. And that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat. Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Roll, baby. Welcome in our second football Friday right here on New York, New York on the Ringer Podcast Network. Giant fans. Giant fans. Giant fans. How are we doing? How are we holding up? Is everybody okay? I'm worried about you guys tonight. I can't sugarcoat it any other way. What you had on Thursday night was one of the more wild, chaotic, yet sickening football games that you're ever going to watch considering how this game played out. And you really have to start. I I don't even know where you start. You could say that you start with the field goal and being offsides, which is as bad as it gets. But how about getting the gift of a lifetime? The gift of a lifetime with the James Bradbury interception. Why Washington is throwing the football in that particular situation, I have no idea. To get that interception and to go three and out immediately, right after the fact, that's scared, that's cowardly play calling. Not only that, the Giants kicked two 50-some-yard field goals in this game. And I got to give credit to the quarterback. Daniel Jones was efficient tonight. Daniel Jones made plays tonight. Basically ran for 100 yards in the ball game. Made things happen. Played with confidence. Didn't turn the football over. Listen, I was ragging on Jones last week, and I'm not exactly the leader of the Daniel Jones fan club. Daniel Jones had a terrific football game. 
Can you let the quarterback win the damn game? Holy moly, can you let the quarterback win the damn game? You get this gift, and you're basically running Saquon Barkley right into the line of scrimmage, back-to-back plays. That's losing football. And you know what I noticed with the Giants? And this has been the case for the last five years where they've gone 0-2. And you think about, what, seven of the last eight years they've gone 0-2. They are good enough to lose. Case closed, period. Nothing left to discuss. They're good enough to lose. You have to get to a point, whether it's this coaching staff, this defense. I heard so much about this defense. They let Taylor Heineke go right down the field like it was nothing. They let him march right down the field with the game on the line. Sick, stop telling me about how good this giant defense is. Let me see it. Let me see it. Good enough to lose. You make the Bradbury play, you're good enough to lose. Jones has an efficient game, you're good enough to lose. You think you have a kick that's missed? Your second gigantic big break of the night? No, somebody jumps offside. Sickening. Sickening, sickening, sickening from a New York Giant perspective. This is a game you have to win. When you get this sort of effort from Jones, when you move the football the way that they did, Giants, it felt like we're out playing Washington the first half of this game. They were down. Because sometimes you don't finish drives. Sometimes you let other teams finish drives. It's losing football. Second half of this game, you had a chance to go for the kill. And this is why, listen, I can't make everything about kicking on fourth and three or kicking on fourth and four, but it's a loser's mentality. I talk about this all the time. The idea of kicking field goals to go up six points, you know what's the equivalent of? It's like staying on 16 when the deal is showing a 10 when you're playing blackjack. It is a loser's mentality. I'm sorry. You got a gift. But you basically said, you know what? That gift, not good enough. We're going to give it right back to the Washington football team. Because we're going to go three and out. You get a first down there and you put the Washington football team in a position where, guess what? They're not getting the football back with 30 or 40 seconds left. Bradbury's getting basically destroyed this entire football game. Give him credit. Made a great play at the end of the game. Great play. You got to finish. You notice the common theme with the Giants, folks? A lack of being able to finish games. This was the case at the end of the Tom Coughlin regime. This has been the case with Ben McAdoo and with Pat Shermer. Guess what? Last year... Joe Judge got a lot of credit, and I was one of the guys leading the charge about well, how tough the Giants are and how hard they're playing. You got to start winning these sort of games. I mean, holy moly, this now puts you in a position where you have to win against the Atlanta Falcons in week three. You have to win. You're 0-2. Oh, and freaking 2 again. This should not be. Brutal, brutal, brutal night for the New York Giants. 
I, I don't know what would make me more sick to my stomach. Getting the interception and going three and out. Kicking a couple of field goals on fourth and short. Or I don't know. Seeing basically somebody jump offside on what would have been a missed kick to end the game. Take your pick. Honestly, take your pick. So again, Giant fans, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're hanging in. That last drive at the end of the game, nauseating. That was not Patrick Mahomes. It was not Josh Allen or Tom Brady. You know, Brady doing it to Dallas last week, you expect that. That's Tom freaking Brady. It's the best to ever do it. You made Heineke on that last drive basically look like Tom Brady. Let that sink in for a minute. I'm disgusted if I'm a Giant fan tonight. Absolutely sick to my stomach. 0-2 yet again. Golden opportunity squandered. And you know what the bottom line and the point-blank analysis should be with this football team? And I want you to remember this until they start winning some games. They are good enough to lose. I don't know how many times I need to say it. I don't know how many times I need to stress it. The New York Giants are good enough to lose. That's got to change. That's got to come to an end. Or you're going to continue to be this, this franchise that's spinning their wheels, stinking up the joint, and finding ways to infuriate a fan base. They've had some bad losses over the last couple of years. That Eagle one last year was pretty disgusting. This one is worse. And don't forget about the Darius Slayton drop. I didn't even throw that one in there. Think about all of the shortcomings of the last couple of minutes. Darius Slayton also could have ended the game with scoring a touchdown. In what was a really, really good throw from Daniel Jones. This is not about Daniel Jones tonight, folks. This is not about Daniel Jones. This is about the overall fabric of the New York Giants. Not good enough. Not freaking good enough. This is a loaded show. Giant fans are not going to be happy. We got all our football Friday festivities. Joe B is going to join us with picks. Art Caesar from the desert is going to join us. Jason Katz with his fantasy stuff is going to join us. We have live reaction here from the golf den. I can tell you this. Giant fan is not particularly happy right about now, but don't worry. Misery loves company because welcome the New York Yankees and what they did on Thursday down in Baltimore. We are just getting warmed up. New York, New York. We're coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So a little bit of a different twist for voicemails today. We will have our regular voicemails in a little bit. But since we are live from the golf den, Red Bank, New Jersey, they did a fabulous job of setting us up here on a Thursday night. Had all the games going. I was miserable about the Yankees. The Giant fan is not feeling much better. And here's the bottom line, Giant fans. This is a lose-lose scenario. I had Washington laying the three and a half tonight. Loser. You guys are Giant fans. Your team lost. You're now 0-2. Losers. So we got some reaction 
raw, unfiltered. This should be terrific. So I will welcome in live voicemail number one, even though we're interacting right now. So introduce yourself to New York, New York. All right. My name is Dal Mazzola from Staten Island, New York. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure how much pain my heart could take tonight. You know, I came into tonight. Yankees lost. I was like, all right, you know, maybe that's a good sign for the Giants because, you know, one team goes down. You think maybe the next one won't. Wasn't the case. And uh, it was just more pain and heartbreak. Went to the game last week against the Broncos. Every third down, I stood up with my towel in my hand, waving it and getting loud. You did a lot of wasting your time. Yeah, every third down, third they down. Can, they converted so the first. what was rock bottom here? Was it getting the interception, giving it right back? Is it dropping the Darius Slayton touchdown? Or is it rock bottom, the field goal, no good, offside, and then you got to deal with that again? That's got to be the worst, right? I'm going to go with D, all of the above, because uh, every time they think they give me hope, and then they just shatter my heart again. And I, I give them trust every time. Every time, I'm like, this is the one. This is the one we're going to close out. And every time, they just shatter my heart. It's just well, depression. I, I feel your pain. A brutal, brutal loss. Appreciate it. All right, who do we got next? Who do we got next from the golf den? What's going on? Uh, Frank Vigilante, also from Staten Island, New York. Look at this. Staten Island coming out big, coming out in a big way here in Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, are you another disgruntled Giant fan? So I got to say, you really hit the nail on the head there. It's just uh, the last seven, eight seasons, an inability to finish games. And they really kind of just leave us hanging. Every time we are up by two or three points in the fourth quarter, it feels like we have the game won. There's a gift given to us and we cannot finish games. Is it fair to say this team is good enough to lose? I, I I mean that to me is the definition of the Giants. De- right? That is the definition of the Giants way beyond way before the Tom Coughlin era. Even it, it's just it, well, it's listen, it's cliffhanger. The Coughlin era got you two Super Bowls, but the end of the Coughlin era, it's really when this started to develop. And let's be honest, the Giants have not shook the cobwebs out from all of this losing. Over 100 percent. I can't I can't agree with you more on that. It's just a cliffhanger every single Sunday. All right, who's next? Welcome. Andrew Squartrito, also from Staten Island, New York. See, the Staten Island contingent is out in a big way. The Giant contingent is out in a big way. Would you say this is a top five all-time Giant loss for you? It's not Deshaun Jackson at the Meadowlands, but it's a pretty brutal regular season loss. That one hurt. There's nothing worse than Deshaun, but it's top five. I mean, JJ, when was the last time the Giants had a lead by one or two with two minutes left and they won a game? They can't. It's tough to find you, these situations. You know yes. that they're going down the other team and they're going to score. It happens every time. You had the opportunity to be one and one playing a bad Falcons the mood team. of the Giant fan. It's a great point. You win this game. You're one and one. You're playing Atlanta next week. You win that game. You're two and one. All of a sudden, your momentum and you're feeling great and you're feeling all these positive vibes. Now, you got a week and a half to sit on this shit, dude. Yeah, and you know what? You go out there, you hope you win next week, but you expect a disappointment. That's what we're at 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 this point. Appreciate that. All right, we got time for one more at the Golf Den. Who is going to close it out? I think the owner of the Golf Den, the, the, the King Pumbaa of the Golf Den, the great John joins us. And John, you are not a giant fan, so I think you took a little satisfaction in this. Thing. No, I'm not. But you know what it is? I don't take satisfaction in it because I feel the pain. I've been a Jet fan. I've been a Met fan. So I understand not being able to win uh, when the games count. It's it's disheartening. Uh, it's unfortunate, but ultimately, this is the way the Giants are built. I think their defense is a tad bit overrated. I think Daniel Jones can't close out games. I think their coach is overrated. Well, we got to see on the coach. Listen, the coach... The coach last week made a terrible mistake with the challenge play. Um, I think the coach is in a situation where he took over a team that's not any good. 
that has no winning intangibles. He's trying to bring that sort of Patriot way to the New York Giants. I think some of it is absolutely there. Uh, he still has a lot to prove. I mean, the idea that Joe Judge now is the next Giant coach for the 11, 12, 13 years, I'm not willing to go that far. I think you have something to work with, though. Maybe it's because the bar has been set insanely low with the likes of McAdoo and Shermer. I think the Giants have a coach to work with. I do. I also think bringing the Patriot way to a team that doesn't have a Tom Brady might be a bit challenging. Well, you got to do it your way. See, that's the thing. And the guys who've been able to do it, look at Flores in Miami. He is his own person. If you try to be Bill Belichick, look at Matt Patricia, that's not going to work out well for you. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I do know, right? New York needs a good team. Ultimately, I don't think the way the Giants are built right now, they are that team. I think Gettleman has done a pretty bad job. Uh, and somebody previously alluded to it. I think he misread the team when he was brought in. He thought that they were built to win. They were not. Uh, he whiffed on Andrew on Andrew Thomas. He's whiffed on multiple picks. How about the Barkley pick? It's Thinking a, about where the Giants were at that point in time and going with a running back at two is, is yeah, general manager Quint, malpractice. Quentin Nelson would have been good. Uh, Bradley Chubb would have worked. Yeah, yeah. Josh I, Allen would have worked. Now I would I would have taken Darnold, so I would have had egg on my face. I would as a I Jet taken as a Jet fan. Uh, I could honestly say, and listen, after Sam's first year, his second year, I was pro Sam. I was biased. I liked him. I did not want him coming out of USC. I thought he was a, a turnover machine. I love Zach. Let's go, Jets. There you go. The owner of the golf den dropping the mic, hoping for the best with his New York Jets. We got voicemails in a traditional kind. They're coming up soon. We'll have to have a little live interaction here at the golf den. We'll set the stage for week two in the National Football League. Coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. So before we get to some conventional voicemails, and that was fun to have a little live interaction here at the Golf Den. It's going to get lost in a shuffle today. It's clearly going to get lost in a shuffle, considering how the New York Giants lost this football game. The New York Yankees try to match losing a game in the same sort of gut-wrenching, sickening, disturbing type of fashion in the bottom half of the ninth inning against the Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees were very fortunate to win on Wednesday. That's why we did a Spotify green room. The incompetence of Gleyber Torres in the field. Then you had Chad Green giving up yet another big home run. The Yankees survived in the ninth inning. They got a great inning out of Chapman. And you're saying, all right, Montgomery on the mound. Get out of Baltimore with a sweep and get ready for the Cleveland Indians. And go up a half game on Toronto and a half game on the Boston Red Sox. You got a 2-0 lead early. You fail to build on that lead. You let a crummy team like the Orioles hang around. You got a 2-1 lead in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Clay Holmes to close it out. You got a runner on third base with two outs. Gary Sanchez cannot under 
any set of circumstances allow that ball to get by him. All you need to know about that particular play is that Aaron Boone, who never criticizes anyone, anyone, basically said point blank, that is a play that needs to be made. Gary has to keep that in front of him. That is a crushing loss for the Yankees. We can get on Gary Sanchez. His defense is not great. It's been better this year. It's going to have its faults. It's going to have its shortcomings. you got to score more than two runs. I'm sorry. You have to score more than two runs. That's the issue for the Yankees. That's the problem for the Yankees. That's tough to take. They got to sweep this series against Cleveland. We said it, 7-2 and two in a stretch. Well, they got one loss right now. So either they're going to lose one against Cleveland and sweep the Rangers, or they're going to sweep and lose one across the board. 7-2 and two is the goal. But this is an opportunity squandered when you got two outs, two strikes in the ninth inning. You got to win the damn game. Now, Mets standpoint real quick. They get swept by the St. Louis Cardinals. They had an opportunity to gain ground on the Braves. They didn't do it. They had an opportunity to gain ground on all these teams in a wild card. They didn't do it. And then I got to hear the narrative from ownership that Sandy Alderson's coming back. Nobody should be guaranteed a spot coming back with this front office. The Mets should be in a position where they're looking at clean house across the board. That's the way I see it. There's nobody within that front office. There's nobody within that dugout that should feel safe. Hearing that, disturbing if I'm a Met fan. Disheartening if I'm a Met fan. And then I got to read. And listen, I like Andy Martino over at SNY. He's a nice guy. Andy making the argument that both Rojas and Boone should get contract extensions no matter what happens here. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? I mean, Andy, listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Your opinion couldn't be any more wrong. I mean, I saw that. I was like, are you serious? That, that, that is mind-numbing type stuff. Mind-numbing. For anybody who's watched the Yankees and the Mets over the course of this year. But then again, what do I know? What do I know? Now, before we get to some more voicemails, Jets, they're 0-1. They played hard. They fought in the second half. If that was a game played under Adam Gaze, they lose that game by 40 points. So I admire the effort in the second half getting back in the game against Carolina. I like seeing Wilson going down the field. I like the aggressive nature in the second half utilizing maybe the strength of the team, which is the wide receiver core. Now you got a daunting challenge in front of you. It is Belichick, a terrific front seven, and a poised and composed rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. Here's the way the Jets win this game. Well, keep it close. you got to rattle him. Mac Jones is going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. That's what the Patriots are looking to do. They are not going to take major chances down the field. Now, maybe they're more aggressive in this game than they were against Miami because Miami has an elite secondary. The Jets do not. That's a way to attack the New York Jets. You have to disrupt Jones if you're going to win this game. Wilson's got to play turnover-free football, and I love the fact that he's getting tested early against Belichick. That's a good thing. He's going to have to beat this guy at some point if he's going to be a winning quarterback for the Jets. First time in front of fans in a long time. Let's see if you get another good effort out of the Jets. That, to me, is the key. Are you getting a good effort out of Jets? Can't expect a win. Be stunned if they got a win on Sunday. Stunned. Okay. Voicemail time. Now the traditional, traditional fashion. Sorority, hit me. JJ, Justin in Miami. 
the game tonight, I've got just three words. Culture of losers. That's what this Giants franchise is. How many times can you blow a game? Let's look. First quarter, you're dominating, up 7 nothing. You're about to basically put a dead team on ice, going up for a sure score. You call a timeout, and you're so far in field goal range. Literally, the only way you don't kick a field goal is to get a penalty and a sack. That happens. You then punt, pin them deep, and your seed defense allows them to go right down the field at all of a sudden this game. Late in the game, it's 30-20 to 20 or 23-20. You have a wide-open touchdown, dropped. Once again, you let a team off the hook. What happens? They go right down and score. That Perhaps the worst of all, you get the turnover and your coward coaching staff, because that's what it is. You're an absolute coward plays for a field goal with two minutes to go as if you have the 1986 Giants defense when this defense is terrible. And then, last play of the game, when you think you're still going to get a gift after all of this, you jump off sides. What can you say? It's a culture of losers. That's what this franchise is. They deserve to be pillared the same way the Knicks are because that's exactly what it is. John Mara is a nice man's James Dolan. End of story. He won a couple, he won a Super Bowl based on the infrastructure his dad put in place, and now he's created a culture of losing. That's what it takes to lose this game. You make losing plays throughout the game, and that's what we saw. They made losing plays when they had numerous chances to win. If this were a fight, JJ, they would have scored it for the Giants, but it's not. Take care. Outstanding, outstanding, outstanding reaction to what you saw with the Giants and the Washington football team. Missed opportunities, not going for the throat, cowardly coaching and play calling, specifically from Jason Garrett, and being good enough to lose. Point blank, the Giants, again, are good enough to lose. That's got to change. This game should have been won 10 zillion different times, and you get the break of a lifetime with that Bradbury play, and you still don't win? You're going to run into the ground basically once, twice, first down, second down? Come on. That's playing scared. And with this defense playing the way that it is, you got to go for the throat. Six-point lead in the NFL is a death sentence. One-point lead in the NFL with two minutes to go is a death sentence. I'm sorry. You cannot expect to win that way. Who's next? Yeah, what up, JJ? This is Jamie from D.C. Hey, I know that Makai Beckton was a you know uh, first-round pick for the Jets last year and, and that there's a lot of hype and he's a big, big man, a bad, bad man up there on the left tackle. But, you know, am I the only Jets fan out there that thinks that we're going to be okay? I mean, we got the depth we need, you know, with Morgan Moses. I think he's going to fill in quite nicely on the offensive line. And, you know, we couldn't protect Darnold last year with Beckton playing most of the games. And, you know, the offensive line is not going to be fixed overnight. And, I, you know, Beckton was in, and, you know, the protection still wasn't that good. So am, am I uh, the only one that's not overreacting to this? I hear Simmons saying, oh, they just lost their best player, and they're going to lose the pass. I don't think so. I, I think I think we're going to be okay. We have Morgan Moses, a proven, uh, you know, proven pro, uh, UVA grad, you know, so some good, good uh, juice there with, uh, you know, following in the footsteps of the Brickshaw Ferguson, uh, another great Jets lineman. So I'm I'm not too concerned. What are your thoughts? Thanks. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Beckton still has a lot to prove 
he's still the best lineman on this team. To not have him now for the next, I don't know, four to six games, six to eight games, not ideal when you're talking about a rookie quarterback in his development, in his progressions. It's not a death sentence necessarily for the Jets. It's something they need to be able to get past, you know. It's not like they're, they're destined to win a ton of games this year anyway. It's about growing this quarterback and getting him more comfortable. And a guy that I took in the first round last year, I want to be a big part of it on the offensive line. I think that, to me, is more the issue. It's not like the Jets lost their quarterback. Very, very different. You know, a team that's still going to win a Super Bowl losing a left tackle, it's, it's a major blow. A team that's going to be lucky to win five games, it's different. You've got to find ways to survive. Winning cultures in the NFL, find ways to survive. So let's see if the Jets can start developing that. Who we got? JJ, Eric down in Florida, calling again today. Uh, now that the outcome of the Yankees game is in, you can just circle another one for why this team, even if somehow they make it to the playoffs, they don't deserve to be there. I mean, this is just embarrassing. Two early runs, nothing else against Baltimore. And I don't care if the weather's shitty. Clay Holmes, throw fucking strikes. Can't give up a winning run on a fucking wild pitch. Absolutely embarrassing. Another, and added to the list of unforgivable losses this team has put together. I mean, this season has really been absolutely atrocious in terms of games they should win and just handing over. And the record against Baltimore is an absolute joke for how bad that team is. It seems like every other team in the league can sweep Baltimore at, e at leisure, and the Yankees either lose the series or give up an easy win to them. Think about this for a minute. The Yankees went 11-8 and against the Baltimore Orioles. 11 and 8. Tampa, on the other hand, goes 18 and 1. Boston's got six more games left with them. That could be the difference to the Yankees making the postseason, missing the postseason. That is a rotten, rotten loss. That is a game you cannot lose. And yeah, Clay Holmes has got to throw strikes, but can Gary Sanchez catch the ball? And you know what? Can the Yankees score more than two runs in Baltimore against a garbage pitching staff? Can they score more than two runs? To quote our next guest, oh, the pay. We'll set the stage for week two. Pick score. Joe B makes his return. He's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We are ready for week two across the board in the National Football League and back by popular demand weekly here on the New York, New York pod, the biggest Jet fan, the voice of the Jet fan, and a good huh. friend of mine, the great Joe Beningo. Joe, two and three last week. Couple ones you maybe would like to have back. 
But how we doing? How's everything? I'm good. I'm good, bro. I, uh, yeah, a couple. I mean, you know, look, the, if the Jets got a two-point conversion, I would have got a win there. Uh, but, you know, opening week, I didn't go 0-5. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take 2-3 and three for opening week. You get out of I opening week. I feel the week, same. Not, yeah, listen. You know what I mean? 3-2, they ain't going to kill you. Right. Right. One and four in the zero and fives. Those are going to be the devastating type blows. Uh, before we get to the picks, since yeah. you are the voice of the New York Jet fan, your team got off to a rotten start. They played good football in the second half. They hung in. They battled. I told you this the other day on the phone. If Gase is coaching that team, they lose by thirty plus points in Carolina last week. What was your overall take watching Robert Sala and Zach Wilson's first game? Well, I thought Wilson really played well. I mean, I really did. I mean, especially when you consider he was running for his life the whole game. I mean, come on. I mean, he was under pressure constantly, um, you know, played obviously much better in the second half. But, you know, we, we talked about it off the air. You know, if Elijah Moore holds on to that one deep ball early in the game, you know, maybe it's a little different game. He hit him right in the hands. I, I thought the kid played well. He made some terrific throws. But they got to protect him. I mean, he, he took that one shot in the second half from uh, from Brown. I didn't think he was getting up, to be very honest with you, John. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and two plays later, he he hits uh, Davis for that second touchdown pass. So I liked what the kid showed. He showed a lot of poise. He showed toughness. He's obviously got the physical skills, you know, but uh, so I was encouraged by him. And I was encouraged by Salah in that, boy, it's been years since I've seen a Jet coach make adjustments at halftime. I mean, you talked about 30 to nothing. Uh, you know, if, if it was Gays or, or Todd Bowles, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, uh, the adjustments were made, no doubt about it, by Sal in this game. And, you know, we'll see. Look, the defense, I didn't think, played horrible. Uh, I know, you know, they, they, could, they gave up the one big play to Robbie Anderson. You know, they also, as, my, as the phone rings here, they gave up that one big play to him. And, uh, and, and uh, Donald uh, had the touchdown run. You know, Donald, I thought, played okay. He missed a couple open guys. He in the missed end a couple of wide open I mean, guys early in that game. Now, well, he did hit Anderson for the big touchdown play in the game. But let's be honest. He had a couple of opportunities to kill the Jets to make yeah, it that did. much worse in the first half. No and question. he did not do so. He had two guys in the end zone he should have he missed, let's be honest, which we've seen in the past. So, But overall, I was happy. They couldn't run the ball. I understand that. But overall, I thought the tackling was pretty good by the defense, by these young guys in the secondary. So, uh you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, they got a tough spot this week against New England, but uh, well, you, you will see. But overall, I was—I I, I didn't go—I didn't get away from the game being upset that they lost. I went away from the game saying, you know what? I got to be encouraged by what, certainly by what I saw from the quarterback. Okay, my friend, two and three for you, yep. three and two for me. I'm going to start first, and I'm going to break your heart right out of the gate. My yeah. first pick. I love the Patriots in this spot. I'm sorry, bro. I'm apologizing in advance. I think it is a brutal, brutal, brutal game for a rookie quarterback, a beat-up offensive line against an angry Patriot team, a terrific defensive front. I only have to lay five and a half points. I know it's a rookie quarterback on the road, but you know this. Belichick hates your football team. He will do everything in his power to win this game and win it comfortably. I think this is a terrible situation for the Jets. It would show me a lot about this coach and this quarterback if they are in this game. But, Joe, I'm starting here. I think the Patriots win this game by two scores. I'm taking a Pats laying five and a half. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you, Jay, if I didn't think that the, this was going to be a tough spot for the Jets. Now, I didn't see much of the game last week, your game, with Miami, of course, getting the victory uh, over New England, which I think most people in the division got to be happy about. 
But um, from all accounts and looking at some of the highlights, you know, Jones obviously played a good game, but then we talked about it a little bit, how they really just, nothing was downfield. Everything was underneath, you know, a, a very, very conservative game plan. Uh, but it is, it's a tough spot. I will say this, the crowd will be very pumped up. It's supposed to be a pretty nice day on Sunday uh, in uh, in East Rutherford. I think the crowd's going to be psyched. First time in two years that they're at a game. Uh, I, I think the crowd is psyched for Zach Wilson, um, you know, and, and, and to see what Salah is. But I think it's a tough spot for the Jets, uh, I have to say. As much as as much as much I'd love to stick it to New England, it's going to be tough. So I, I, I hear what you're saying with the Patriots. Okay, so pick one for me, New England. You will not be picking the Jets. You will not do that now in back-to-back weeks. So no. Beningo pick number one. What do we got, my friend? You know what? I'm, I'm going to lay big wood and take the Browns. Laying twelve and a half against Houston, you know Houston comes off comes you know comes off that win over Jacksonville. Tyrod Taylor played well, um, you know I, I just don't see it. You know tough loss on the road, obviously for for Cleveland. Uh, they had the lead there in Kansas City. They're up twenty two ten. They wind up blowing the game. That big fumbled snap by the punter, which was a killer uh, in this football game for the Browns. And then of course uh, trying to come back to pull it out on that uh, that last drive and. Uh, Mayfield throws that pick on the sideline. He's trying to throw the ball away. I, I'm not so sure who's trying to throw the ball away as much as trying to fit one in there. I don't know. That's you know. I know that uh, uh, that's what uh, Stefanski said, but I, I just think Cleveland's good. I think Cleveland's a legitimate team. Houston is not a very good team. You know, they capitalized on being home. They capitalized against a very young Jaguar team. Lawrence threw three picks. It's a lot of points, but I'm taking the Browns laying the 12 and a half. All right, game two, and I hate taking this team because they're very public and everybody loves taking them, but I just think this is a tailor-made spot for them. I love Kansas City laying three and a half against Baltimore. Baltimore has a short week after playing that Monday night game, and if you have watched the Lamar Jackson-Patrick Mahomes matchups, Baltimore falls behind. They don't have the passing attack to keep up with the Chiefs. Mm. I don't think Baltimore has an answer for Travis Kelsey. I don't think they have an answer for Tyreek Hill. And I know the Chiefs Mm. don't cover. That was a narrative last year. They didn't cover a lot of games. They won a lot of games. This is a low spread. I do not think Baltimore is winning this game. If if Baltimore loses by three, Joe, I'm going to tip my cap. But I'm going to lay three and a hook here with Mahomes. He's missed his September. First month of the year, he does not lose in these sort of games. Pick two for me. Went against them last week. One, taking them this week. I got the best quarterback in football. Give me the Chiefs lane three and a half. All right. All right. Can't say I disagree with you there. All right. My next game, bro, I'm telling you right now, I'm going right. I went with this team last week, and I got burned. I love Tennessee last week at home against Arizona. And Arizona manhandled them. You know, Chan- uh, Chandler had a, a monster game here. but he had five sacks in that game. Uh, they just got their rear ends handed to him. Murray was terrific. The whole thing, you know, four TD passes. He ran for one. But I'm going with him again. It's a tough spot. You're getting four and a half in Seattle. I, I, again, look, Seattle wins on the road last week in, against Indianapolis. I don't know how good Indianapolis is. Seattle's a perennial playoff team. As long as Russell Wilson's on the field, they're dangerous. There's no doubt about it. I, I just don't see the Titans starting knowing too. I think they got the kind of team that can go into the, into uh uh, Seattle and in that very difficult environment and get a win. You know, maybe we see something, uh, you know, with Derrick Henry running the football a little bit here. It'd be nice to see that defense show up. I, I'm going out of the limb. It's, it's, a, it's a dicey one, and I probably won't touch the Titans again for a while if they get burned here. 
But I I don't know what it is. Something's telling me to take Tennessee here, get the four and a half. You know, one thing with Seattle, they love playing a lot of close games. They love winning a lot of close games. They do. I would not be shocked if that game is 24-24 and Wilson pulls it out of the fire. Right. And basically, Joe, you need them to kick a field goal as opposed to, you know, scoring a touchdown and ended up covering the number. I went with Seattle last week. I'm staying away from that game. That's a very, very tough game. I think Seattle is going to be a little bit overvalued in that sort of spot. So I see where you're going with Tennessee. I'm just a little alarmed with that defense. That's the only problem. If Tennessee's defense is going to be as bad as they were last week, they're in a world of hurt. Speaking of that, my friend, I look at the Arizona Cardinals as my third play of the week. Arizona opened Mm -hmm. my eyes with what they did against the Tennessee Titans. Chandler Jones, Kyla Murray looking like a man on a mission. And I don't think the Vikings are any good. I mean, the Vikings just lost to a bad Cincinnati Bengal team. I'm not exactly anointing Cincinnati, even though I mm-hmm. like Burrow. And even though I think they have some talent, they stink on the line. They stink on defense. What, a, what an indictment to me on the Vikings to go and lose that game. And I think Arizona's good. They're in a yeah, tough division. Yeah. They Very can't tough. lose games like this. I'm going to lay three and a half mm. with the better quarterback and the better team. Arizona is one of those teams that probably better in underdog spots. I'm taking them here as a favorite. Pick number three, the Cardinals. A lot of favorites early, Joe. I'll lay three and a half. All right. All right. I see where you're going there. All right. Here's my next pick now. I'm, I'm, this is another one. Like I said, I'm going out on a limb in a lot of places here. I like here. when Joe goes out on limbs. I you know like what? Because let's be honest, this is a diff- we haven't discussed. This is a difficult week. I mean, you very, look at this. Very, difficult week. You look at you look at this way. week. You look at the numbers this week. You look at the matchups. You look at the spreads. This is not an easy week to pick games. Not that it ever is, but this clearly isn't. I'm going out on a limb again. I'm taking the Jaguars at home, getting six against the Broncos. I just can't look. I, look, Lawrence didn't play that bad last week. He did throw three picks, but he did throw three touchdown passes. He, you know, it, it was his first game. I, I just have a hard time seeing the Denver Broncos go on the road, Eastern time zone, two straight weeks, and win. You know, they beat up the Giants last week. No doubt about it. They, they can get to the quarterback. Look, they may eat Lawrence up here. I just think home game, not that Jacksonville's any great, you know, we're not talking about any great home field advantage there with the Jaguars, but you got to believe they're going to have a big crowd here this week. I mean, here it is, the the, the, the homecoming, the first game for Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the next coming, the next John Elway, the next Peyton Manning, we go right on down the line. So I got to believe there's going to be some kind of a crowd here for the Jaguars. They're going to be pumped up. I, I, I really do. And, and this is kind of more an anti-Denver pick than it is a pro-Jacksonville pick. And you're getting six. You know, maybe Denver will win this game. But I, is Denver going to have two straight, uh, you know, blowouts on the road to start the year? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm going out of the limb. I'm taking the Jaguars. Getting I points. like that pick because Getting you know six. what? Denver should not be a six point road favorite no, against anybody. And you know I what? Agree. As bad as Jacksonville looked in week one, that's the NFL in a nutshell. I would not be surprised in the least if that game comes down to the wire in the final couple of minutes. So I have no problem with that pick. Now my fourth pick, Joe, Go. we talked about this on the phone and you mentioned that you kind of like the game. Well, guess what? I'm ready to include an underdog. I think the Dallas Cowboys are covering mm. three and a half against mm. the L.A. Chargers. Now, I do I'm like real that, bro. concerned the fact that Demarcus Lawrence is not going to play and how that's going to factor in in trying to slow down Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. But I'm getting an offense 
that's never out of a game that can put up points galore. They're going to have half the crowd. That is not going to be a Charger crowd. No, no, The Cowboy fan travels like there's no tomorrow. I'm getting three and a hook. I know I don't like Mike McCarthy. I know the Cowboys at times and their defense will make it insane. To me, the value is just too good there. Cowboys plus three and a half. And you know what? If you're feeling frisky, Joe, I think they win the game outright. And I hope the Chargers don't burn me for the second straight week. Cowboys, pick number four, first underdog of the week. I thought I was impressed by what, even though he lost, I was impressed uh, how their offense played against uh, Tampa Bay. I thought Dak played well. They got a lot of receivers there. There's no doubt about it. And with the Cowboys, I, I certainly see that pick, bro, especially with the, the Chargers coming off the win last week in Washington. Game four, you're going to like this. I, I'm taking the Dolphins. I love them. Yeah, I love them. So? I love them at home. No, I love All them right. at home getting three and a half. I think I, I'm not I'm not sold on Buffalo. I think Buffalo, everybody came in. Buffalo, they were the sexy Super team, Bowl, Joe. Super they were the Bowl, sexy team. Super Bowl, no doubt about it. Now they had a tough loss at home to Pittsburgh. Now they're going down to play a, 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 a tough Miami team. You know, the, the Dolphins play good defense. You know, Tua scares me. I, I'd be lying to you if, if I didn't say that. But I was impressed by them going up into Foxborough last week and winning. And I don't know about Buffalo. I'm not, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to be that team that sneaks up on you. And there was a lot of expect. And obviously, Josh Allen had a great year last year. They got to the AFC Championship game. You know, not that they really, you know, creeped up on people because a lot of people liked them last year. But now the pressure's really on. Now, now people are talking about a Super Bowl team now. So now it's a little different. And this is not going to be an easy place to play. Probably be about 110 degrees down there in Miami on Sunday or to get some kind of monsoon rainstorm. I don't know. You never know what, the, what kind of weather, especially in September, you're going to get down here. And I love your coach, bro. Uh, you know how I feel about Flores. They'll be ready to play. You're getting a hook, too. You're getting a three and a hook. You got to like that hook in this game. I like Miami outright to be 2-0, and beat the Bills on, on Sunday. Give me, wow. give me, the, give me, the, give me the, the Stramskis. Give me the JJs plus three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> to quote home, you, my friend, from your lips to God's <laughs> ears. Okay, brother? From your lips to God's ears. You. Because the only thing that scares me, they have had absolutely no success against Josh Allen. For all the success that Flores has had in Miami, right, right. and he's done a fabulous job. He's he's won in Foxborough two of the last three years. That's all you need to know. He has struggled mightily taking on the Buffalo Bills. So I'm not ready to put my eggs in the dolphin basket, but now I feel even worse about picking against the Jets when I see you picking my team to not only cover this week, you pick my team to win outright. So I am praying that Beningo will give it the (laughs) blessing that it needs, dude. And And you're wrong. I hope you were talking it into existence. I really don't. And I hope you're wrong about my team. But I look, I mean, if you're going to – I'll just go back to the Jet game for a second. If you're going to bet that game this week, I, I think you got to, you know, you got to play New England. I, you do. I mean, obviously, I would never bet against my team, but I don't have a great feeling about it. So I, I'm not going to get all over you on it, Jay. You know that. Last but not least, Joe, go. I'm going to go with the team that beat your team a week ago. Mm. I know everyone is crowning Jameis Winston. Yep. And I know yep. everyone yep. is throwing bouquets at the New Orleans Saints. They're better without Breeze. Now they got a quarterback that can throw the ball. The Packers look completely unprepared to play. I am not putting too much stock in what I saw last week. And I am seeing a well-coached Carolina team at home 
mm. getting three and a half points. You mentioned three and a hook. I see three and a hook with Carolina. I am all over the Panthers in this game. Now, Donald scares me a little bit. Don't right. get me wrong. I of think course. he was great against your team, but I believe in Matt Rule. I think he's a good coach. And you know who impressed me? McCaffrey looks like he's all the way back. No, he, he was great. Like McCaffrey killed the Jets. Killed he's the Jets last rock, week. And I think he wants to kind of show up in this matchup. It's the two great running backs, Kamara for the New Orleans Saints, McCaffrey on the other end for the Carolina Panthers. I'm getting a home dog, three and a half against the turnover-prone quarterback. My final pick, another underdog, another three and a hook, Carolina, play number five. All right, bro. For the last game here, I'm going to the Monday night game. And I'm going to, again, lay the wood with the Packers. I don't love the Packers. You know, I think we talked about it. I think Aaron Rodgers is just a massive prima donna. I think there's a lot of issues in Green Bay because he's kept talking, yapping all year, but he want to be there and all of this. And obviously they got their rear ends handed to him last week by the Saints in Jacksonville. But you look, Detroit is Detroit. Jared Goff stinks. I mean, let's be honest. He's not any good. I mean, how good is this guy? Is he, uh, you know, uh, I never liked him. Uh, that was a good trade, I thought, by, by uh, McVay with the Rams, get Stafford and all of that. So I, I just don't I, – I, Detroit's Detroit. They rarely ever win in Lambeau. You know that. The Packers got to be snar- you know, snarling after that beatdown last week. Uh, I think the Packers – half is a big number. Division game, a lot of points, a lot of wood, no doubt about it. But I'm, I'm laying it here and, and uh, saying Rodgers has a big game, and they, they beat the uh, Lions by at least two touchdowns. Basically, the theme of the Beningo picks, laying the wood and going out on a limb. Is that fair There you go. That, bro, laying that's the it. wood and going that's out it. on a limb. There's no that's middle it. ground for you this week. There's no middle like ground. That's, there's no middle ground. That's it. I, you know, I, I took two home underdogs, and, and I'm like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about Tennessee, but I'm taking a chance on Tennessee, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I need a, a bounce back. I need at least a winning week this week. You know what, Jay? I need at least a winning week this week. So the Beningo picks, Cleveland, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Miami, and Green Bay against the number. For yep. yours truly, it's New England, Kansas City lane three and a half, Arizona lane three and a half, Dallas plus three and a half, and Carolina plus three and a half. Joe, winning weeks for us both. How about that, okay? That would be stellar. By the way, before I let you go, just I just want to say one thing. It's time for the New York Mets to clean house. Oh, it's time. Then, I don't want to see. I, I don't think. I don't think you've seen this yet. There is a certain reporter over at SNY who mm. wrote a column earlier today suggesting that the Yankees and the Mets should give their managers contract extensions. Oh come on! Who's that? <laughs> well, who's what contract extension? I'll give you one guess. No, come on. This guy's a writer? He is a writer. He is a television personality. He's a writer and a television. He's a, is he one of the baseball writers? He is he's a baseball, baseball writer, guys. right? Come, yes. Are you serious? I am serious. Come on. Exactly. Not McCarron. McCa- McCa- it wasn't McCarron, was no, it? We lo- no, it was not McCarron. Not Harper. It was not Harper. This guy's a newspaper guy or, or not? Uh, he was. He was. He was a newspaper guy. Correct. And he's on S and he and he's yes. on SNY a lot. Does the Mets? Yes, all the time. He does the Mets all the time on SNY. Yes, and he's he a writer. Uh, and he's, not a, a, he's on TV now. He's more TV now. One of my colleagues. One of your colleagues on TV. 
See more. Tell him. Who Watch is he? Oh God! Are you kidding me? Can you imagine putting that? And listen, Come Andy, on. I love it. How can you What's write that column? You know, please. And I there. How tell, can you write that column? Tell Andy. Do me a favor. Tell Andy to go write another book about the Astros. Okay. It's time for. It's time for Alderson out. I don't want to see him back. You know, they're talking. They said he's going to be back next year. Get him out. Enough of Sandy Alderson. Luis Rojas is so over his head. He's a How embarrassing terrible. has the last What extension? This team was in first place for three months. They teased the hell out of us. Who's kidding who? And then they they, they, they fell off the plank. like they, they dropped like a lead sinker. Give me a break. This guy has made more terrible managerial decisions. He has no clue what he's doing. I, I'm telling you, I want back. Andy Martino loved this too. You can tell him I said it. I want Carlos Beltran managing I, the team. Hey, listen, because, he can manage because, my team, too. I'll take him with the Yankees, Joe. How about that? Let me I'm tell you right now. I'm Beltran. I'm Let me tell you right Beltran. now. Let me tell you right now, Jay. I am so ticked off. I mean, all these guys with this stupid cheating scandal, they're all still back in baseball. Cora, Hinch, everybody's back. And they're winning. They're nothing and they're nothing winning. ever happened to Altuve. Nothing ever happened to these guys. They made Beltran the scapegoat. They stuck it right up his rear end with this for whatever reason. They basically are trying to they're blackballing him. And if Steve Cohen's got some uh, scallions, okay, he would do. He'd get rid of all enough of Sandy. We've had it with him. Out. Goodbye. See you, Sandy. Go retire. You know, whatever. Put your feet up. It's get rid of him. It's time for that. And it's time to get Rojas out. And I want. I know they won't do it because Cohen probably doesn't have the scungeons to do it, okay? But let me tell you right now, that's what I want. I want to see Carlos. Beltran managing his team. He should have been in the first place. He, he got totally, he's become totally the scapegoat of this dumb cheating scandal, and uh, yeah, which is really killing the Astros these days. I mean, I guess he, it doesn't really matter too much if they're not banging the damn drum or, or a garbage can, whatever it is. They have to do it. They got it. And I'll tell you right now, outside of Pete Alonso, they can get rid of everybody. And the fact that they gave this dumb, stupid, asinine contract to Jose, uh, to uh, Francisco Lindor. The fact that they gave him that contract, 300 and something million dollars for 10 years. Are you kidding me? Are you ready, it's, by the way, for bias? It's seven and 175. That's coming well, up next. You see, but, but here's, here's, you like now, here's, bias, here's, don't you? here's what you I'm like getting bias. at. They, they can't sign. How are they going to sign Baez? And Baez is better. Let's be honest. Now, now Baez may be playing right now for the contract. Okay. I do have to, playing for the contract. You do have to be a little concerned about doubt. that. What? He's absolutely playing for the contract. Yeah, uh, okay. And he, swing, and he swings at anything, dude. Well, but you know what? He's but if been you good know, for your team, though. I'll be fair about that. But he's let me tell you this, though, bro. Team. Lately, lately, he's been taking a lot more. He actually walked three times in a game the other day. I think it was only the second time in his career it ever happened. Yeah, he's, he's been a lot more selective at the plate. He's a reckless player. The guy's reckless. He's reckless on the bases. You know, he does have, you know, he does tend to swing at pitches 100 feet outside. But I'm telling you right now, I actually want Baez back. I want him back, but I don't okay. see how they're going to bring him back when they're paying Lindor all this Well, you're not known that's got more money than God. Figure out a way. I'd go well, sign Chris Bryant instead, but this owner can do it. This is not the Wilpon world we're living in, Joe. They can spend well, money. You know what, though? But this offseason was very Wilpon-esque, John. This was very Wilpon-esque. They went on again. Did they, they get the best? The did they get? No, they what? didn't. They no, didn't go to did they get the mile. best catcher? No, they got a backup catcher. They, they gave forty million dollars to James McCann. He stinks. Hurt, he stinks. Jay, he stinks. He's not even good defensively. McCann. They gave him forty million dollars. They made this stupid trade. They should have kept Rosario at shortstop and signed George Springer. Even though he got hurt, still they should have signed Springer. No, they made this trade. Okay, you made the trade. 
Well, let the guy play. Do I have to give do I have to give him the house? You know, let me see the guy do something with his 220 batting average and his stupid 17 home runs, of which three hit one game against the Yankees. And by the way, they should have swept that series. That's another game, that Saturday night game that, you know, the manager, I blame on him. I I, I am so I, I'm I'm so disgusted with the Mets. I really, really am. And by the way, it would be nice if number 48 would feel like pitching. You know, it'd be nice. You think he might pitch at some point? I don't know. I mean, Maybe I mean, July 7th is the Maybe. last guy. This guy never – nobody can say nothing bad about him. Why is this guy not pitching? Does he need Tommy John surgery again? How many How many MRIs got to come out before he said, well, no MRI, no structural damage. Ah, nah, three more weeks, can't throw. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it, bro. I really am. Great. You continue to be the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, Hit my God. I had to say weekend. this. I had to get this off my well, chest about good. the lousy Mets. This is Mets. why we need to chat, and we need to continue to do this every single week. And that's, we have to it's do It's good. That. You can vent. When you need to vent, right. you don't have to apologize. Quickly, Yankees show. make the playoffs or not? Yes or no? Yes. And you know I'm going to be in Boston next weekend. Which oh, you, oh, been, oh, really? I'm going all three games. I'm doing shows up there. I'm playing golf Saturday morning. Right. It has right. Dis- that weekend has disaster written all over it, bro. Who do Dolphins play next week? Game week the three. Raiders in Vegas. Where's in Vegas? Interesting. I expect they, to win. That they game. beat them there, didn't they? Beat they beat the Raiders yes, in Vegas that was last the year. Fitz magic Late, miracle. The miracle. Right, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, that was the last game they won last year, right? Yes. Was that not getting shellacked by Buffalo? Right. Right. And for your sake, you hope they don't get shellacked by Buffalo this year. Just saying. No, I no no no. I want I I I you know what? After this. That's it for me with Miami. Now it's time for Miami to start losing games. But I, I but, <laughs> you know, but anyway, we'll see. We'll see how you, it plays out, bro. But thank you for best. letting me go deliver. Thank you for letting you, me get aggravated about the Mets. Yeah, I'm okay. Well, I, tell I, Martino, let's give him five. Let's give him a 10 year Tell Tell Martino that the Mets should give Rojas a 10 year deal similar to what they gave Lindor. Next time you see him, tell him I said that, okay? Will you please? I will gladly pass that. <laughs> All right. That's for you. The great Joe Benigo. Joe, we will chat next week. Bro, all the love, bro. All of it. All of it. See you. So let's set the stage for week two. I'm sure this guy got to witness what was an insane scene at the Westgate Superbook. Our good pal, the great Art DeCesar. Art, welcome in. My condolences on your beloved New York Giants, my friend. And we started the show, the Giants are good enough to lose. My friend, the Giants are good enough to lose. JJ, it's a pleasure to be here as always. And and yeah, man, they, they just are. They're, they're just good enough to lose. But, you know, as what we do, and we talk in gambling terms, and we laughed about it, you know, before we got on air here. Hey, they covered the spread, you know, so I guess I guess you can look at it like that. But yeah, as far as a football team, they're 0-2, and they're just not that good right now. As far as liability... Did you guys have a lot of liability on Washington to win this game? Where was the money coming in on Giants-Washington? Yeah, Washington, we definitely had the liability on Washington. We had about, I'd say 65, close to, you know, almost close to 70%. But we'll call it 65% on Washington. So, you know, it, it was it was a good result for us to see the Giants, you know, cover the game like that. And, you know, when, when you get a three, three-and-a-half-point game, you know, a lot of people might look to take the Giants on the money line. So, you actually make out where Washington wins the game but doesn't cover the game, so you kind of get both ends of it. Now as we look ahead to Sunday, my friend, don't you get the sense this is going to be a very public week? Felt like it was a very sharp week in week one. I'm looking at a lot of these lines, Art, 
it's tough to go against some of these public sides, bro. I mean, I see New England as a public side. I see Kansas City as a public side. It's tough to tug me out of those two, bro. You know, I just think about this week. This shakes out to be a very public week, if you ask I don't me. disagree with you on that. You know, those two games you touched on, those are two games I wrote down for you that I figured we touched on, would, would touch on. Obviously, the Jets with the local feel. You know, we opened New England minus four. It's now minus six. I mean, the public is hammering the Patriots. Obviously, they're going to take Belichick off the loss. Obviously, you know, the Jets are a work in progress, rookie quarterback. You know, you probably don't think that the you know Patriots start 0-2. So that line's already moved. And this Chief game is crazy. I mean, I've never seen such a ticket disparity so early in a week. I mean, we're talking about 30-35-1 Chiefs to Ravens on the ticket count. Already moved the Chiefs to minus four. So, yeah, you know, you're going to get a lot of public plan. That would be interesting to see because that's the Sunday night game where that Chief number ends. It was three and a half, now sitting at four. Does it move even further? Well, here's my problem, Art. I can't make a case in any way to go and take Baltimore. Baltimore just lost to the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Baltimore historically has struggled mightily with Kansas City, and Kansas City's going to get their points. This game's going up and down. I mean, there's yards galore, there's points galore. How's Baltimore keeping up in this game? Yeah, they're probably not, you know, and, you know, the one thing is, and, it, you know, we did touch on it last week, you know, I remember saying, you know, I thought a sucker, you know, the big sucker bet was the Chiefs not to cover because everyone's going to take the Chiefs. The Chiefs just haven't had a way of covering these games, you know. I mean, it went back to last year. Obviously, they win last week, but they don't cover. You know, I, I understand this is a different beast, different week, but, you know, they're going to be laying four points on the road. Maybe by kickoff, it's four and a half. So be real interesting to see. It's all cheap money right now. Eventually, someone will buy back on the Ravens, but it just it just has to see. We just have to see where that number gets to. Art, as far as a week one overreaction, what line in your estimation is the biggest overreaction based upon what we saw in week one? You know, I would say the the biggest one is, and it's a kind of off the radar one, but Broncos minus six at Jacksonville. On our look ahead line, you know, if you were looking before the season or even in week one, we had that as Broncos minus three. We still had the Broncos favored, you know, obviously on the road, minus three going to Jacksonville. But now that line has moved three points because obviously Jacksonville loses to what everyone thought, you know, win total wise was going to be the worst team in the league in the Texans. Denver goes into New York and basically blows up the Giants. But how good are the Giants? I mean, now the Giants are owned too. So, you know, maybe the Giants are going to be one of those teams that win four or five, six games. So the Giants are no good. So I think moving that line another three points, I don't know. I think that should probably be where it was originally at a minus three, maybe three and a half. That's a little bit of an overreaction. Before we have you grade the Jastrzemski and Beningo picks, Dallas and the Chargers. Are you surprised this line has gotten north of three? You know, I'm not. When we had it at two and a half, we were taking a lot of sharp money on the Chargers. So we saw sharp money instantly on the Chargers. Obviously, the Demarcus Lawrence injury report, you know, him coming out and hurt does not help. You know, but this is a game, like you just said, with this uh, chiefs Ravens game. Yeah, you sh- there should be a lot of points in this game. So people should be going back and forth. The fact that it's at three and a half, we know Dallas always eventually gets some money. People buy in on Dallas because public money comes in. And maybe the Sharps do see the value in the three and a half. If it ever gets to four, they'll probably see the value in that. But early two and a half, three money, sharp money was on the Chargers. All right, now it's time for you 
to grade the Jastrzemski picks and to grade the Beningo picks. We'll start with my picks, Art. And I have a very public card, which I normally don't like, but I think it's a public kind of week. I have New England. I have Kansas City. I have the Carolina Panthers, which is not a public play. I have the Dallas Cowboys as play number four, and I have the Arizona Cardinals as play number five. How do you feel about Well, that? let me say this. Let me j- jump on two that we didn't talk about. You know, I-, I know we talked about you guys being in the contest. Listen, I'm in a contest as well, my friend. I didn't do as well as you did last week. Obviously, you were three and two. I was one and four. I had a terrible week. I did have the Giants in my contest this week, so I'm happy about that. I love the pay. You want to know. All right, see you on a week two. Exactly. All right, there you go. Have the Panthers at the three and a half because I just think it's a little overreaction of we've as we talked about with overreactions with New Orleans. I think the Panthers. I said it to you last week when we talked about the Jet game. I think the Panthers are going to be pretty good. I think Darnold's found new life. You get the team divisional game at, at home, get three and a half points. I really am a fan of that. And you know, well, I took Dallas in the contest as well. I think three and a half is great. I think you know that's a game that should be more in the two two and a half range. I like getting three and a half. You know, that that Chief game is tough for me because so many people are on the Chiefs. And I know, you know, like you said, it's a very public thing. That's a game that I probably would have stayed away from personally. But, you know, it's hard to go against Mahomes and how great he is. I'm, in, I'm into the Patriot move. You know, obviously, you're going to get it at a contest number, which you probably got it at five and a half, I'm going to assume. Is that what you got it at? Oh, yeah, yes. five and a half. Exactly. And now it's Correct. at six and might even move higher. So, you know what? That's fine. And then what was that last one you said? Dallas. And I don't think you're going to. No, like no, no, no. Dallas, no, Dallas is one of the ones I like. Dallas and the Panthers are actually two, two of the ones that I like in contest place. So that's not a bad one. I'm actually into that. And listen, I will say this. Even though I gave out a terrible Washington pick last week, I felt better about your picks than Benigno, and you did better than Benigno. So I feel good. All right, so there we go. All right, so now I got to give you the Beningo picks. Beningo is going with two hefty favorites. He's got Cleveland and Green Bay. Then he's also giving out Tennessee plus four and a half, Jacksonville plus six, and my beloved Miami Dolphins plus the three and a half. Interesting. Okay, so, you know, him taking Jacksonville at six, I actually kind of like it because, like I said, that was a look-ahead line. We had it minus three. The overreaction yeah, it's an, line. It's Bingo. an overreaction I'm, line. I'm on board with it that, really too. Because you know what? The idea of Denver being favored by six over anybody seems and, ridiculous and that's, on the road. That's seems exactly ridiculous. how I feel. I understand them being favored by three on the road because Jacksonville still isn't that good. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a nice, reliable quarterback. They have a good defense. But it, for it to move to almost a touchdown is ridiculous. And when you look at the two big spreads, I, I would say this. I understand Green Bay, you would expect them to bounce back. 11's a lot in a divisional game. Lions showed a lot of grit last week. You know, so who knows about that? Cleveland, I actually like. I think Cleveland is a strong play. I think, you know, Houston came out last week. It might have been their Super Bowl winning week one. Cleveland's going to be angry. Cleveland's going to be at home. I can see Cleveland routing Houston. So laying the 12, 12 and a half, not terrible. Um, the Dolphin, the Dolphin game is very interesting because everyone's on Buffalo. Buffalo. Everybody's exactly. betting the Bills this week. Or Everybody's everybody. betting the Bills this week. So obviously Joe going as a little contrarian, taking a home dog, a divisional home dog, getting three and a half. Not terrible. Honestly, JJ, I slightly like Joe's pick better this week. Slightly. Oh, I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> Hearing that makes me a little bit concerned. So 
Listen, hopefully your gut feel and your vibe isn't as accurate as it was last week. Okay, my friend, before we say goodbye, now it's your time to shine. What is your best bet? What is your favorite play for this week? Absolutely. Listen, we've talked about it multiple times. I'm going to roll with Joe, and I'm going to roll with the overreaction. I think Jaguars plus six at home is the play. I really do. I I think it should be a three-point game. It could end as... You know, I don't care. Let Denver win by three, win by four. I think it's a very big overreaction. And, you know, to me, Denver, once again, this is another road game. So this is two road games. They're starting off on the road. You know, maybe we get some humidity in Florida. Maybe they get sweated out a little bit. So I'm going to take Jacksonville getting six. It's, you know, it's tough to take bad teams, but I always like taking home teams, getting points. And I think it's an overreaction. So Jacksonville plus six is my play. Arthur Caesar. Superbook out in Las Vegas joins us each and every football Friday here on New York, New York. Art, we will chat next week. Let's catch a couple of tickets. Absolutely, my friend. Always a pleasure. We'll talk next week, bud. So, rough week for Art this Caesar. Not a great week for Joe. Solid week for me. You know what? I had the best week out of anybody? Jeff Money. Four and one last week. What does Jeff Money have on his week two Super Contest card? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. This could be just for NFL super contest style over week number two. Now, I already gave you one of my contest plays for Thursday, as you know, with the Giants. Uh, as far as the other four, I got them here. All right. Game number, game number, uh, one on the, for the contest plays. I'm going to take the Eagles plus the three over the 49ers at home. The next, uh, super contest play number three will be the Rams minus the three and a half over the Colts on the road. Then I'm going to take the Saints minus the three and a half over the Panthers on the road. And finally, on Monday night, I'm going to go with the Lions on the road plus the 11. So for Super Contest plays again, the rest of them, I'm going to take Eagles plus three, Rams minus the three and a half, Saints minus the three and a half, and the Lions plus the 11. And everyone can always follow me on my old videos uh, daily with my picks and everything on Twitter at Jeff Money. All right, JJ. I'm out of here. Let's go. So, stellar job from Jeff Money. He's heads up with me, New Orleans, Carolina. He's heads up with Joe B, Detroit and Green Bay. And how about Jeff Money throwing a plug for the Twitter page? You got to love that. We go from our beaks around the league to our fantasy liaison. A man who delivered for us in week number one. Now he's back by popular demand in week two. From Pro Football Network, my good pal, Jason Katz. Jason, what's happening, buddy? Good early morning, JJ. That was one hell of an exciting game that we saw. Well, Jason, I can tell you this. We're doing a lot better than the New York Giants these days. I think we're doing a lot better than the New York Giants than the New York Yankees. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't say that I'm upset about the outcome because uh, a crushing Giants loss always I, brings I joy to my heart. It. I can sense it because, you know, what? last week you had to come on after a crushing Cowboy loss, which fair is fair. Now you can go to a little bit as the Giants basically go down in basically even worse fashion, let's be honest. From a fantasy perspective, this is where I'm going to start with you. Saquon Barkley now, two weeks back after the injury. From one being no level of panic, 10 being a high level of panic, where are you on Saquon two weeks in? After two weeks, after tonight specifically, I'm at about a two. I am feeling really good about Saquon Barkley going forward. When you drafted him, you knew it was going to be slow to start. In week one, he pretty much split with Devontae Booker, played a little behind him in terms of snap count. Week two, 
he was out there over 80% of the snaps and he looked more like himself with 10 days to rest and a soft Falcons defense coming up in week, week three, Saquon Barkley smash inbound. So basically what you were telling me is your must play at running back in week three is going to be Saquon across the board. Although you don't like giving me guys like Saquon as a must play because, listen, he's going to be in everybody's lineup, you would assume, anyway. I would assume in week three, yes. But, for example, I benched him in the one league where I had him tonight because I didn't like the matchup. And that turned, that turned out... Have, you must have loaded running backs to be able to bench Saquon Barkley in a league, buddy. Just saying. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a must start, and the other guy is Javante Williams. I just feel better about Javante against Jacksonville than I do than I did Barkley against the football team. And I think that I'm happy with my decision. Fair enough. I can understand that. Now, I always love to find overreactions. The betting lines, you're able to do this. From a fantasy perspective, putting you on the spot a little bit here. But this is what we do. What was the biggest fantasy overreaction in your mind? Overreaction to week one. I would say it's going to be panic on Mike Evans. I think that's going to be a big overreaction because uh, that was a high-scoring game. AB did well. Chris Godwin did well. Gronk did well. Evans caught, what, three balls? Going into this week, I think we're going to see a real big game for Mike Evans. He's still their number one receiver. And it's going to be like that every week with the Bucs. We're going to see two. one of those guys is not going to play well. It won't be Evans every week. It won't be him this week. So if you drafted Mike Evans, stick with him. He's going to be a wide receiver too. He'll have some down weeks, but he will perform more than he does. Okay, my friend. Now it's time. You give me a must play. You give me a must sit. We do quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. We're going to start a quarterback, my friend. Remember, you give me two for the price of one. So the floor is yours. Who's the must play? Who's the guy to avoid? We are starting Baker Mayfield. The Texans are about to crash back down to earth, and they're going to crash hard. The Browns are going to score four to five touchdowns this week. This is one of those situations. You just play the favorable matchup, and you just hope that Nick Chubb doesn't score all the touchdowns. On the other side, I'm fading Matt Ryan. He was not highly drafted. But many did pair him with a Trey Lance or Justin Fields type to be that bridge guy until those guys take over. The Bucs were lit up by Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback. Matt Ryan managed just 164 scoreless yards against the Eagles last week, and they do not have a good defense. You can't trust Matt Ryan this week. Interesting you bring up Matt Ryan. On the other hand, are you ready to buy the possibility that this year, and I don't know if it means long term, but this year, can Jalen Hurts be a top seven fantasy quarterback? Absolutely. One of my biggest regrets coming into this season is fading Jalen Hurts a little bit as we got closer to draft time. When I first did my rankings back in May, I had Hurts as like QB7, and I ended up pushing him down behind like Aaron Rodgers, behind Tom Brady, behind Ryan Tannehill. And I'm regretting that a bit because from what I saw from Hurts in week one, if he's going to be able to complete 64, 65% of his passes, plus the rushing ability, uh, the, the sky is the limit for Jalen Hurts. Okay, my friend, let's go to running back where it's basically a cesspool, trying to figure out who's playing, who's getting carries. So I can imagine it's tough to figure out who you like and who you don't, but that's your job, not mine. So take it away. I touched on this a little bit earlier. I'm going with both Broncos guys, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. In on both Melvin and Javante. Okay, okay. Somehow, the Jaguars managed to let all three of David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay score last week. Javante and Melvin split snaps last week, dead even, 33 apiece. They're currently eating into each other's value, but this week, 
They are both going to be worthwhile RB2s in a game the Broncos should control against a bad rush defense. On the other side, I'm going to the other side of that game, James Robinson. We are inter- ever closer to, to just declaring Urban Meyer, Nick Saban 2.0. I know you can appreciate that one. I like that. I do like that, even though he's not taking the USC job next year, but that's neither here nor there. No, he's not. But in the sense that Urban Meyer, great college coach, I do not think he's cut out for the NFL. He's not going to know how to accept losing. I think that's totally fair. And guys like that, that go 11-1 and or 12-0 and every year, and now are going to go 4-whatever and whatever for Jacksonville this season, that is a very tough adjustment. I get it. So uh, with James Robinson, somehow the running back that led the NFL in opportunity share last season carried the ball just five times last week against the Houston Texans. He's splitting time with Carlos Hyde. Broncos have a tough run defense. I do not like James Robinson this week. Okay, last but not least, my friend, wide receiver. The floor is yours. Uh, I have a couple of interesting wide receiver Twitter questions that we will get to momentarily, but who do you like and who do you like? Let's hear it. First, I'm going to attack my own team here. Uh, Ooh, Mike, okay. Mike Williams is an absolute must start this week. Get him into your lineup however you can. The Cowboys definitely looked better on defense last week, but they had no answer for Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. And they probably would have had no answer for Mike Evans had Tom Brady decided he was actually going to throw to him. Mike Williams caught eight of 12 targets last week for 82 yards and a touchdown. With Keenan Allen occupying most of Trayvon Diggs, Williams is going to have his way with the rest of the Cowboys secondary. On the other side, I'm fading uh, a former Jet in Robbie Anderson. The Panthers' offense is pretty clearly just get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. That leaves little room for anybody else, apparently. DJ Moore, eight targets last week. Robbie Anderson, three. The Saints just held Devontae Adams, 56 yards on five catches. Look away from Anderson if you can this week. All right, Jason. We have two must-play, must-sit type deals. You know you got to deliver for the audience. I'm starting right here. Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin. Half PPR. This comes from Chris. Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin. One's got to play, one's on the pine. What's the call? Based on week one, you would think, let's roll with the hot hand in Debo, but Chris Godwin's the guy you took in the fourth round. He's the more reliable receiver. I'm going to stick with Chris Godwin with Tom Brady and uh, go in that direction. All right, we're going to the quarterback position. This one comes from Matt, no pun intended, and he's got some trouble on his hands because... I don't like either quarterback matchup. It's Matty Ice against Tampa Bay. It is my dude Tua against the Buffalo Bills. You got to play one. Who are you playing? I think you got to look to the waiver wire. There's got to be somebody better out there that you can stream. Well, who are you thinking on the waiver wire? You missed out on Heineke already. Heineke would have been the guy. Uh, maybe, maybe Jared Goff's out there. Uh, maybe even Tyrod Taylor. It should be a lot of garbage time. I, I don't know. But, I mean, if you got to start one between those two, I'm, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan, even though I said to not start him because I think they're going to be trailing. At least he'll attempt a lot of passes. Maybe he finds the end zone once or twice. But, man, that's just, it's just a bad situation if you got those two. A little bit too conservative of a game plan for the Dolphins, probably, if they want to win the game against Buffalo. Okay, last but not least, Jason. Chase Edmonds, Leonard Fournette. Who we got? Two guys I love a lot this week. Both good matchups. I know Bruce Arians says that Ronald Jones will start. Then he also says, actually, all three guys are starters. So the moral of the story is don't listen to Bruce Arians. I do think Fournette is still the better option out of the out of the uh, Bucks running back trio. But I'm starting Chase Edmonds. I, I love what I saw from him last week. I think he had 
four or five targets, maybe six targets. And that was in a game where we had serious positive game script. If we're seeing that kind of usage from Edmonds in a game where the uh, Cardinals are controlling, just imagine what we can get in a more competitive contest. I love Chase Edmonds. Jason, fabulous job. We will chat in week three. We want winners when we're picking spreads. We want winners in fantasy. So don't suck, okay? I want both as well. That's the idea. That's Jason Katz over at the Pro Football Network. We have a loaded weekend coming your way. We got a Spotify Green Room coming up on Saturday night after the Mets and the Phillies. We got a Spotify Green Room Sunday before the NFL games. And then a full-fledged pod Sunday night. Reaction week two, Pat's Jets, all the baseball to get to. We have you covered every which way here on New York, New York. Fellas, outstanding job. Great job by everybody at the golf den. Closing down the place. Closing down Red Bank, New Jersey. I can't wait till I get a noise complaint, for goodness sakes. JJ out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.